Blog Talk Radio. The Boston Marathon is going virtual. All you have to do is get someone to verify that you ran 26 miles. My friends swear that my bachelor party was at a shul. I think I finally found a marathon I can finish. I'm Brett Singer. This is my show. Hello, hello, hello. Good morning. It is Monday. It is June 1st. It is the year 2020. This is Brett from the Bunker. I am Brett. And there are some terrible things going on in the world. Um, this show obviously was previously booked, and so we're going to bring it to you uh, for some entertainment if that is something that you need. And just a quick word about how I feel about this. In general, um, I watched a man die in that video, and I'm horrified. And this happens all the time, and it has to stop. I'm not going to pretend that I feel what black people feel. And while I can understand on an intellectual level, I can't understand it viscerally because I don't have to worry about being pulled over by the cops. I don't have to teach my children how to behave when they get pulled over by the cops. Um, I'm upset. I don't have anything resembling an answer. All I feel like I can do is keep going, um, acknowledge what's going on, and uh, you know, touch on it, but not – you know, I, I don't want to offer something. I don't. I don't feel like I have. Like I said, I don't have an answer. So um, I just. I'm just going to tell you how I feel, and hopefully that will be okay. Uh, now I am joined today by Mr. John Lisman. John, how you doing? Doing well, Brad. How are you? I'm doing okay. I'm doing okay. I'm a little upset by all this, but um, obviously not as upset as some people. Now the first question I always ask people is, how are you holding up? And that used to be just COVID-19 related, but now I guess it relates to everything else. Yes, indeed. Um, well, yeah, let's begin with uh, the obvious. Uh, listen, it's a terrible the, to to see a man murdered, uh, obviously, but uh, uh, the, the, to have it followed by the, the sense of hopelessness that this is uh, a common occurrence in this country, that this is a result of, I, I almost said decades, but really uh, centuries of systemic uh, racism and uh it's 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 um it's horrible there there's uh no nothing but sympathy and uh and hate it, it's it's a tough uh, position to be in certainly uh it, it's uh it's a horrible horrible thing uh however i i am i do try to see the positives here i i i think uh, our country is having a reckoning that's been long overdue uh, I hope it is, in fact, uh, a turning point in our country's history, our long, way, way too long violent history of systemic racism and police brutality. And uh, I, I, I just, uh, I mean, how am I personally holding up? I'm, I'm fine. I have not left my house because there is a pandemic and I, it is so important to maintain social distancing. Uh, I live in Flatbush, Brooklyn, where it was one of the uh, hot spots for the protests in Brooklyn. Oh, wow. So, uh, yeah, the past three nights, we've had nothing but sirens and helicopters. Um, I, I mean, I don't want to give out my address, but I can tell you three blocks from my home, a car was burned. Uh, you may have noticed, seen some footage of a, a gas station, a shell station. I, I've gotten my gas there before. Uh, wow. 
So uh, we're, we're staying indoors. We're staying safe. We have not, we, my wife and I, who I'm quarantined with, have nothing but love and solidarity with uh, the protesters and fully support them. And uh, I, we, we, we try to stay positive. We uh, find hope in the uh, uh, shows of solidarity. I was very moved by this. Uh, there was a, a bunch of protesters who were arrested and put on a public bus, and then the uh, bus driver refused to drive them anywhere. And uh, we, like Mr. Rogers used to say, look to those helpers, look to the people trying to affect positive change and uh, just just take comfort as much as possible in the fact that I know the major- the overwhelming majority of this nation uh, strongly supports a change here. A hundred percent. I understand. What was this about the yeah. bus driver? Bus driver wouldn't, they, they were arrested and the cops yeah. told them to take them somewhere. So um, it, it's my, it's the B41 bus and uh Around uh, this part of Brooklyn, there was a rallying point at uh, Parkside and Ocean, which is the southeast entrance of Prospect Park. And, uh, yep, yeah, naturally things escalate in uh, racially charged uh, protests such as this. And, uh, okay, people were arrested and uh, one by one placed on the, the B-41 bus. And, uh, I mean, just... It's something to see. I can share the video with you later. And uh, as the bus became full, like, like the driver refused to bus the people to, to jail or the holding cell, wherever they, they take the protesters. And uh, just uh, the, the, the solidarity, uh, the, the, the sense of, you know, it's enough. We, we can't just continue on with our normal lives and roles that it, it was very uh uplifting in such a dark time um yeah they tried to i mean just looking they tried to use the vehicle as a paddy wagon that was how that's how mm-hmm. uh, people magazine describe it which exactly. and he refused to do that that's imp- that's impressive yeah uh amen yeah we need more uh more examples of this and i know that there are examples of this throughout the nation uh, that are not getting enough attention. Hmm. Yeah, I agree. I, I definitely agree. That was, that is, I hadn't heard about that. Now I, I admit I don't do social media terribly, terribly well. Like um, mm-hmm. I didn't even see the video right away. Cause I think if you're not kind of in the stream, it's sometimes hard to keep up. And I just, beca- if, if I stayed in the stream, that's all I would do. Like I would never, I, I just, I, I, the way my brain works, and this is just sort of my particular brand of Michigas, I would be mm-hmm. just on Twitter all the time. Like that, that's, that's, that would be the only thing I would do. And, you know, flipping between Twitter and Facebook, whatever. So I kind of do it in small doses. And when you do that, you don't see stuff. Like if something, something sort of sure. you know, makes its way through the stream and then once it's gone, it's gone. So in this case, I don't, I don't, you know, if you hadn't told me, I don't know if I would have heard about this. It's a great story. Yeah, definitely. Uh, happy to share it. And uh, I, I just know there are stories like this out there not being reported enough. And uh, just want to encourage anyone listening, if they know similar stories, to share them far and wide. Now, I don't want to put you on the spot because I don't want you to, I don't, because if you don't have an answer for this, I totally understand. But like, 
you know, I the longer this goes on, the more I like I I will continue to do my jokes, you know, because that's what I do and that's what I got. And I I don't believe in getting up and just you know making up a set. Like you know you got to have got to have something prepared, and that's what you have. And this isn't the topic that I want to joke about, so I wouldn't joke about it. But at the same time, there may there may hit a point where it's just hard to do that, you know? Like, do you, do you think that's possible? Um, yeah, I mean, first and foremost, I agree completely. You need to come prepared with your set. And, uh, and I, I think an audience at any kind of comedy show, be it uh, online or in person, is there to laugh, is there to maybe escape the real world. And uh, art has always been uh, a form of escapism. Now, uh, I think you can balance the two, and, and that's sort of what I've been doing. I've been sharing um, positive messages and just information on how to support the cause on my social media. Uh, it has not yet uh, got, gotten to my comedy I, uh, because I, I just don't have an angle. I don't have a slant on this that isn't already being shared. Um, I don't have... You know, I'm very fortunate to have all this privilege and have not had any experience that I can personally relate to other than, uh, I mean, sharing my solidarity and support. So, uh, no, my, my, my encounter, my encounters with the cops were, you know, bookus. I mean, you know, it's, I can only imagine how differently they would have gone if I were black, but it, it, they, you know, it certainly got, you know, I meant what I said, like, I don't. I'm not going to remotely pretend that I understand how, how people feel. I can't. There's absolutely no, no. way. Agree completely. And, uh, and I, I don't know that writing uh, comedy on this subject would be productive in my case. I, I just don't, I, I don't want to, and that does not mean that this is not an important subject or topic that needs to be discussed. No, no. Uh, it, it, I mean, look, I, I, I see. I mean, people at this point, you know, people do nine eleven jokes. People, uh, people. I certainly did Rodney King jokes. Um, sure. You know, I. I mean, clearly, this would not be a, this would not be a good time to be um, to be doing that. I didn't necessarily mean like comedy about this specifically. I think I phrased right. that wrong. Is just even just doing comedy in general. Like, do you, is there is there a point when we're being tone deaf by getting up there and kind of you know doing our doing our little routines? You know, I don't know. <laughs> I, I, I personally I like, don't. Think I like so. that. That was neither a yes nor a no. That was fantastic. I love yeah, it. I, I, listen, um, I I don't know, and uh, you know, you, you brought up the example of nine eleven. Certainly, uh, the Nine twelve was a would not be appropriate time to uh, be making any sort of jokes on uh, such a tragedy, but uh, the tragedy that we're experiencing now is uh, I mean just just racial bias and systemic uh, you know it, 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 it's ongoing it, it's like it's never not an issue just the fact that, I mean the fact that it's flared up at the moment uh, just uh, yeah, no, I, I don't know how to answer that. I, I, well, I don't the, well, the difference, the difference, the, yeah. the difference is the video, right? I mean, isn't that basically sure. what we're talking about? That it, it's, you know, obviously everybody, everybody was tense, and so, 
you know, maybe the, maybe the rioting happens more because of the, because of the quarantine and all of that, although I'm not necessarily convinced that that's true. But, you know, the, but the real thing is, is it's that we have this clear, crystal clear video of this man being killed yep. by the police, that there's no, there's, there's no other version of that. There isn't, you know, it, it's not like the Rodney King video is, is horrible, but he lived. That this, you know, this yes. is that 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 really. I mean, it's even hard for me to say it. It's hard to talk about. Just I watching it, it's just a horrible, horrible experience. It's absolutely horrible. It's 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 numbing. I I just I I, I don't know. Uh, no, I I don't know. I I, I would uh, encourage you to just sit in that uh, horrible feeling and, and and just be silent for a moment and think, uh, reflect on how many of these incidents were not videotaped and how many, uh, just how many times this, uh, occurred without any sort of outcry because it was able to be hidden. So, uh, it's awful. And, uh, I, I can't, uh, listen, I, I, I pray and hope for justice, but I, by no means am I certain it will happen. Um, I, I, I think the, the charges, of you know, third degree and manslaughter seem a little light. I, uh, frankly, the fact that the three other policemen involved in this incident have had no charges brought on them. I mean, at the very least, I mean, I, I think they, they need have some kind of responsibility as well. They are also public servants who were involved. And uh, I, I, I don't think that at the least they were negligent in their duties, but really, uh, it's beyond negligence to, to see someone uh, vocalizing their uh, <laughs> fears of death, uh, expressing that they can't breathe in police custody. Okay. I'm sorry, but once you're in handcuffs, uh, there is no acceptable form of violence it, it, unless your life is being harmed, uh, which is very hard to imagine by someone in handcuffs. So, uh, I, I mean, I can go on. No, no, no. That's obviously a really good point. As I understand it, they didn't. They didn't want to. They wanted to hit them with a charge that that a jury would convict. That if you go with first degree yeah. murder, then there's intent. To, there, you know, there's like premeditation. Yeah. Like, a, you know, and, and this was unlikely to have premeditation. That's all. I mean, again, I am not a lawyer. Yeah. I am not. No. But I mean, this is sure. something. I, something I read that that at least made sense to me. That and apparently with. Um, with Casey Anthony, one of the reasons that uh, that uh, Casey Anthony and also one of the other cops that did this, I can't remember which one, that they one of the reasons they got off was because they were overcharged. That the prosecutors okay. brought a charge that the jury could not convict on because it wasn't accurate. Mm-hmm. Like you you couldn't call this premeditated. Understood. You know, this, this um, was, this, uh, and and if you do, then the jury. And again, pulling that from the internet, agree. not say, not saying that that's the reason. No, no, agree, agree, and uh, it's it's just uh, beyond. Uh, again, I, I can't imagine this was the officer's first time doing something over the line, uh, and uh, you know, no, I, apparently, I rec- apparently, it wasn't. Yeah, yeah, no, how could it be? Um, no, no one. You know how they say, like, uh, marijuana is a gateway drug? No, no one starts off on heroin or whatever. Uh, police, mur- uh, police brutality is a gateway drug. No one starts out murdering 
someone in handcuffs. They uh, mm. inch their way towards it, uh, sadly but truly. Uh, mm. And I, I, I just want to add, um, I have friends on the NYPD. I know that this is not uh, indicative of all police. Uh, there, there is a tendency to paint with a wide brush, but uh, it is a problem unique to policing that has not been adequately addressed and is way overdue for, for an addressing. Yeah. Sure. Absolutely. No, no. I mean, it's, yeah, no, it clearly, clearly it needs to be, it needs to be addressed. It needs to be found. It needs, it needs to be just eliminated. I mean, you you cannot have this kind of behavior at all. Like no, not even, there's no room, there's no room for it. There's no place for it. It's disgusting. It's disgusting and it's horrible. Yeah. No, no one. No, no. Sorry, go ahead. I don't want to cut you off. Go ahead. No, just, just, it's so obvious. It, it shouldn't even need to be said, and yet here we are. Uh, it, you know, I, I, I can only recall, like, like I'm not even done getting over Ahmad Marbury, and I'm all, and I have to see this uh, killing uh, on camera. So, so it's right. it's, it, it's so beyond uh, an acceptable level, and uh, as if there is an acceptable level. No, once you're in handcuffs, it, there is no need for any police violence of any kind. You're you're a sports fan, right? So I heard a coach, and I did not get the name. It was on ESPN Radio last night, and he was one of the very few uh, black coaches. Um, I want to say it was SEC, um, and I want to say basketball, but I'm not sure of that. And he was saying that at his practices, he doesn't just do practice. He also does role-playing of what it's like to be in a car. And, and what it's like mm. when the when the cops pull you over, not if, but when, yeah. um, which is the thing that I always I always remind myself of. Like if you have black children, you have to teach them what to do when, not if, but <laughs> when the cops pull you over, because yeah. there's an assumption that it's going to happen. And he said they role play like you, the, the whole thing. You can't ha- you have to keep your driver's license on the dashboard. Yeah. Or there there was another there was another person who who always wore it around his neck on a chain. So that way you don't have to reach into something. You can't give the cops any kind of excuse. Like if you you don't want to yeah. reach into your pocket, you don't want to reach into the glove compartment. You don't want them to say, "Oh, he was going for a weapon." You know, like you can't have that. Of course. Like I, you, you ask twice. You say, "You say, officer, do you mind if I reach for my driver's license?" Then you ask again. Like it, it was really, it was just, it was staggering to hear. But it, but it, I mean, it made a lot of sense. Unfortunately, I mean, it was the kind of thing where he said it, and I said, "Oh, okay, you know, I could see why he would have to do that." And I was like, "Oh, that's just horrible, disgusting, beyond disgusting." But that was a thing, you know, that he needs to do as a coach. And I, yeah. I it kind of makes me wonder if white coaches do that. Like, I don't, I don't know if they would think mm. of it. Uh, I wonder. I my my instinct is to say no, but. Uh, of course, it would depend on the location of the school and the, uh, you know, climate in the uh, area. Uh, it, it's not, uh, yeah. I mean, I, I think coaches, especially of college students, have a responsibility to be mentors beyond the field. And uh, it, it's very sad and telling that, uh, that there's an underlying assumption that it will happen, and it's not whether it will happen. Right. Yeah, that's that's the big one for me. Is I because I hear that. Uh, I think Don Lemon did a did a 
thing once where he talked about how his mother, you know, talked to him about it, you know, like sort of when. And that was the word that really stuck out for me it was, you know, that, that no one was no one was saying if it was really when. Because it was there. There was yeah. again. There's just this assumption that this is going to happen to you, and you need to be ready. You need to be able to behave a certain way. Because and um, and the thing I heard last night, you know, you don't want to give them an excuse, and that's just horrible. Yeah, but it's, it's almost like they're looking for an excuse. I mean, what does that what does that even mean as a practical matter? And I, what it means is you, you gotta you gotta get out of the situation and you gotta get home. You know, that's your 100%. your job is to get home safe. Yes, safety first. Um, and I mean, I want to say reform second, but, but both are equally important and uh, must must take precedence. Um, and I mean, you were another thing I wanted to touch on is it doesn't. It's not just limited to. Uh, it, it's very clearly a racial thing. It's not a, a class thing or a social uh, status thing because uh, I remember during the Eric, the aftermath of aftermath of Eric Harner, um De Blasio was doing some press conference and saying how he had to talk to his son. So, so even the mayor's son in a, a very progressive metropolis such as New York uh, is not safe. So, no, uh, it, of course. It's all very – no, it's terrible universally. And uh, I, don't, I don't think this is just an American problem, but it is very much uh, growing in America and uh, – has gone on way too long. Yes, clearly. Yeah. Clearly. No, I mean, yeah. the, the, this is definitely, it's time to stop. There, there's, there's not any, there's not any room for any kind yeah. of excuses or anything that, you know, we watched a man die and that this needs to be the last time we can't have this happen yeah. again. They're yeah. just, you know, yeah. um, so it's a little above my pay grade to talk about things like the presidential election or anything, anything of, the, sure. uh, of that nature. So I guess we could shift gears a little and talk a little about comedy. Now, you have a group, Good One Comedy, right? Just, oh, yeah, of course. Go ahead. I'm sorry to interrupt. I just want to oh, no, no, don't worry. Point. I know. Hi. I saw this uh, report that the autopsy of uh, Mr. Floyd indicated underlying health conditions such as, I don't know, a diabetes or a heart condition. And uh, it's completely irrelevant. Uh, <laughs> like, uh, I, I know that this has been used to uh, mitigate the officer's responsibility in the past. Uh, but for the officer stepping on his neck in handcuffs in an unauthorized police technique, he would still be alive. So uh, I, I, I'm just uh, completely fed up. There is no excuse. There's no thing to mitigate the responsibility here. And uh Hoping for swift justice, and not just mob rule justice, like an actual thoughtful account and weighing of why this is so wrong. And I hope to get it very soon. Oh, I totally agree. And as for the, as for the pre-existing conditions, it's like, yeah, no. I mean, if that's being used in any way to say that somehow, you know, he would have died anyway, it's like, well, I don't know. I mean, I guess eventually, but, you know, he would not have died <laughs> If someone didn't have his knee on his neck, that's that's really yeah, clear. Yeah. There's a there is video, you know. I mean, it is really. I mean, there was a, 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 even even your diehard conservatives who normally would defend the police are not are not, you know, Judge Janine yeah. and uh, Rush Limbaugh, people who I vehemently disagree with. They're even saying wow. this was horrible. Yeah, no, it would be, well because it's, it's a video. 
it's not dispute. It's not a dispute. I, I don't. I think you, the only. There's no way you can watch this video and not be affected by it. There's just. There's just no way. I don't understand how you could see this and walk away and think, oh well, you know, pre-existing condition. It's like, oh come on, really? Yeah, no, absolutely not. And, really? Uh, it should not have been a factor in Eric Gardner's case either. No, this. It's not the. It, it was. Uh, <laughs> It, it, it was just – it was wrong. You, you can't do that. No, you cannot – there, there's another way – there's other ways to restrain people. There's other the, – it, it's just – it was it – it's a hateful, hateful video. It was horrible yeah. behavior, just horrible. Uh, yeah, absolutely. So, no, yeah, no. I was only changing – I was changing the subject because I didn't want to keep you on the spot because I, I realized no, I was like, maybe this is a little unfair to John. Like John called in and John thought no. we were just going to talk about um, comedy. I appreciate it. I believe I said all that I have to say, and there's uh, just just horrible, horrible, horrible. And I, uh, yeah, no, I completely. I think I've said all that there is to say. Yeah, like I'm not trying to avoid it. I'm not trying to, you know, it's it's really more a matter of, um, I don't know. Like like I said, like you were already booked on the show. It's not like you were booked on the show to talk about this. So I didn't want to. No, perfectly fine. Hey, John, I'm going to wind you up, and I'm going to just hit you with all the worst things that are happening in the world when you talk about them. Well, uh, I, I would prefer just addressing it than ignoring it, no matter okay. how uh, inconvenient or uncomfortable it is. Yeah. I think that's, I think that's fair. I think that's fair. Um, so, let, so let's yeah. do – got a little bit of time left. Let's talk a little about good one. Because you, sure. you do some shows, you do mics every day. Thank you. Uh, yeah, good one, comedy. What a thanks for having me on. That is uh, what I do when I'm not watching the world burn. Um, so uh, three years ago, I took a comedy class at the Pit. If you're not familiar, it's the People's Improv Theater, and uh, you know I met two guys there: Sean Gibbs, Mike Malone, great great friends of mine. We really. Uh, encouraged each other and uh, each other's comedies over the years. Uh, and, uh, you know, after these classes end, I don't know if you've ever taken a comedy class, everyone's like, yeah, let's stay in touch, let's be friends, let's hang out, right. and then uh, I, life gets in the way. So, yeah. Oh, it didn't, it didn't uh, happen? Of course. And, uh, all right, and I didn't, I, 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 I expected that to happen again uh, because I had taken a couple classes before this one. Uh, and then all of a sudden, uh, Sean started uh, following me to open mics. Like, like he wasn't ready to go up on stage so often, but he would come and follow me and support me. And I'm like, wow, this is great. And then, uh, okay, Sean, who has uh, worked as a bartender uh, for, I want to say a decade uh, throughout the city, uh, very, like, out of the blue, asked me, oh, hey, this guy I know is opening a restaurant. You want to host a mic there? And I'm like, of course I do. It, I have never had an easier uh, opportunity to start a mic. I, I've, I've had to cold call uh, uh, restaurants and bars and uh, had never had any luck with that. And uh, with very little effort, I, I, I was able to start a mic with Sean. And uh, we originally were at this restaurant called One Bedford in Greenpoint, Brooklyn. And uh, there, you know, it was nice. We were there for about six months. And then, uh, during that time, Mike Malone, a fellow Good One co-producer, co-host, uh, started becoming a very, very regular, and it became clear that, you know, he might as well join the team. And 
Okay, we then lost that venue because we weren't bringing enough for the and bringing in enough business. That that is all the key to comedy and success in comedy is bringing in enough business. Uh, yes, so true. No matter who you are. So true. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I recall uh, people getting upset that Stormy Daniels was booking venues. Uh, she's bringing in the business. So uh, yeah, unless you can draw a crowd like her, exactly. You, 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 yeah, you, you're not uh, going to go far. So. Uh, Okay, uh, we then moved from One Bedford to the Parkside Lounge in uh, on the Lower East Side, which has been our home ever since then. We uh, have been producing now. I mean, we had to stop through the quarantine, of course, but uh, about two years we were doing mics there every Thursday at 5. As soon as it's safe, we will uh, return to doing mics in person every Thursday at 5. Then, uh, okay. And once we got comfortable enough to start a show, we started doing shows at the Parkside Lounge. Then we kind of went nuts with the shows. We were, we were doing like one every week, and then it just we, it was too much. We weren't devoting enough time to bringing people in. We kind of lost the uh, room for shows at Parkside. We still have uh, the uh, mic there, but uh, again, it's a business first and foremost. And uh, we jumped around a little. We did some shows at Freddy's in uh, Park Slope, Brooklyn, and then. Uh, kind of landed back at the pit in uh, Gramercy where it all started and uh, have a regular once a month show, not too much for us to handle uh, in addition to the weekly mic. Uh, and that, that was, we were going smoothly there and then the quarantine hit and uh, you know, within the first week or two, Mike was a big proponent of going and starting an online mic. Uh, Mike wants the mic. I don't know. There's a joke in there somewhere. And, uh, my wife, who had been using Zoom already uh, before the quarantine in her office, uh, was such a big proponent of Zoom, even before this whole Zoom uh, boom after the quarantine. Zoom uh, boom. She'd been encouraging. Zoom boom. Zoom boom in the room. I mean, it's uh, – so, yeah, it was a natural fit. We started doing it every day at 5 since, uh, I believe, March 16th was the first one. And uh, we have yet to miss a day. And uh, a few weeks ago, we start, We added the second one. Uh, now we're at 5 p.m. and 8 p.m. Eastern every single day. Uh, it, it's been incredible. We, we've gotten to continue our bits. We've gotten to develop new material. We've gotten to network with co- comedians in other time zones. Uh, we've had, you know, many people from the local scene in New York, uh, people from Israel, people from Malaysia, Australia. We've had some great... Uh, uh, opportunities to work and do mics with people we wouldn't have otherwise. And uh, last month we had our first online show. So uh, this this is it. As an artist, you have to adapt. You, you got to keep moving forward and sure. coming up with new opportunities to perform. And uh, and that's what good ones all about. That's great. That's ter- that's terrific. Yeah. That sounds like that sounds like it's good to have a team. I think it must be nice to have a team. Yeah, I. Uh, Listen, we all have to call in sick some days. Uh, we we all have uh, – and, and you know what? The team's been great because, as I mentioned, Sean has worked in bars for over a decade. You know what I mean? Like, if I call a bar and I'm like, hey, I want to do a mic, and he's like, all right, what makes you different than the other 20 kids that called me and tried to start up something and failed? Uh, Sean calls his friend and, and just asks when the room is available. And uh, it's, it's – uh, if anyone out there is listening wants to start a mic, become friends with people in the bar tending industry. They will be. They hold the keys. And uh, 
Mike Malone is uh, our social media guru. He's far better at this social media stuff than me and uh, does great work with the posters and the promoting. And is he the one making uh, the memes? Yeah. Is he making the funny uh, memes? No, we, we, no, we Google those memes and uh, just share them. We, we give credit. But uh, normally we just – I wake up every morning, I Google quarantine meme, find a good one, and use it to promote the mics. Okay. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Fair enough. Uh, so, uh, and, uh, so you've done, so you've done you you did you just done one of the Zoom shows. What's a good length for a Zoom show? Do you think? Ah, uh, all right. So, uh, you know what? Uh, so our show. All right. I mean, listen. We we it was our first one. We had some technical hiccups. Um, it got off to a late start, and then. Uh, we we had some musical cues to bring people up that took longer than expected, and what we planned to be an hour show uh, ended up being like an hour twenty, with a twenty minute delay due to technical difficulties. So overall, that uh, there was uh, improvement that needs to be made and will be made for our next show. And the uh, to answer your question, the length, um, you know what, forty five minutes. Uh, we were going. Oh, you think forty five minutes, time. not even an hour? Trim it. Trim it down. People, you know, uh, people have short attention spans. You, you got to keep them interested. I, I would rather do it. I, I mean, looking forward, I think we are going to do 45 to 60, but uh, my, my gut is telling me to keep it tight, trim the fat, and uh, do more shows rather than longer shows. More shows rather you, than longer what, what do you shows. Think, uh, uh, a good I like I, li- I like uh, an hour, but yeah. I but the last one I did was like a hair under an hour, and I kind of like that. So I mean, I'm I'm, I'm yeah. just sitting here thinking about 45 minutes and trying to decide if I think that's because that is short. That's definitely on the short side. How long do you think is a good length for a set? Um, well, okay. I mean, so four to eight minutes, which is uh, four to eight. Four minutes. Four minutes yeah, is listen, nothing. Uh, I agree with you, but listen, uh, people have short attention spans. All right. Even a professional comic on Zoom is not going to kill uh, for an enti- for a ten minute set. I, I I I have nothing but the utmost respect for some of my heroes that are out there doing the online comedy shows. I commend them, but uh, people have short attention spans. Uh, I, I I'd rather keep that energy moving. I it creates you know boom boom boom. If, if you're constantly rotating it, uh, you don't get too bored with one. Yeah, you, you don't get too much of the uh, the energy. the 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 pulse is much more engaging uh, with these quicker, shorter sets. Uh, the genesis of the first Good One show was we hosted a we host our daily mic, and okay, one day we had like twenty twenty two people sign up, and it was like a new record for us. And uh, we're like, oh my god, we got to do four minutes, and we got to run it fast, 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 and just that constant movement, that constant uh, doesn't give the audience time to get bored. And I thought that was crucial in uh, crafting an online show. So, yeah, listen. Wow, uh, so you had a lot of comics. Yeah. It's, it's so you had more comics. Yeah, definitely. We had, like, 16 comics on our last show. Uh, I, I, In hindsight, it was too much. Uh, I, I want to say our next one will be 8 to 12 comics, 4 to 8-minute sets. Giving the more established comics now, more four time. To, four to, yeah, I was going to say four to eight is a yeah. pretty wide range. Yeah. Um, 
you know what? It's uh, it gives us the opportunity to showcase up and coming comics, and while having more established uh, comics who develop their act longer and are more comfortable. So, uh, hmm. yeah, we we haven't decided our next show uh, yet, but these are the parameters I'm thinking. Interesting, interesting. I'm just yeah. I'm just why four minutes is just. I guess that makes sense uh, if you've really got a newer comic and they're, you know, they they're sort of maybe struggling with the medium a little bit, and I mean, I don't know, just I I just four is just so short. I mean, I remember when four seemed long, which which you know, I mean, it's yeah. only it's only a couple of years ago that I, I was like, oh my god, five whole minutes. But no. you know, I did ten the other I did ten the other night, and ten ten I have to admit felt a little bit long. Ten I ten yeah, I felt like eight. Eight, yeah. I felt like was fine. I had done, I just did eight the night before. Not yeah, the night before. I just don't. Who knows what day it is? Who remembers? Yeah. Right. But um, so yeah. I mean, I feel like eight was eight was a little more on the ball. That was that was close. All right. I, I but I did say that when I were do like an eight minute set online, I look back and I see that I could have trimmed some fat. Like, like I'd rather have a rotating cast of people doing their tightest for and uh and, and it keeps the show moving it, it keeps the energy up and uh tight for that audience especially tight online four. uh listen uh when you do an open mic uh, obviously you're it, it's different than a show you're not bringing prepared top material there uh but four minutes can also feel long at an open mic uh so i i i would uh yeah, I think going forward, that's what good ones thinking. Hmm. Interesting. But it's yeah. nice. It's nice to be able to get invite more people on. I mean, i I want to have more, I want to have more comics as well, and I I do sort of you know it. I I can see the wisdom of that. If you know, and also it helps to bring audience. The people will bring their friends. Absolutely right. More people, more friends, and uh, listen. Not everyone ha- ev- Not everyone's funny every night. Okay, even at four minutes. Um, yeah, someone is going to have some off moments. It's it's inevitable. There's there's all these technological issues we got to deal with, and uh, you're much less likely to lose the audience if they only if they know a couple minutes later someone fresh is coming. Uh, so uh, listen, this is my my thoughts. Uh, it depends who you can get, and uh, again, this is all an experiment. I mean, this whole Zoom thing, it's temporary. Uh, I, I don't. I think it'll be around for at least a year. I'm, I'm, I'm gonna, well, a year at least until the spring. Yeah. Oh, even when comedy comes back in person, I, I, I have a strong feeling the Zoom thing will stick. Uh, comedy is not coming back so soon. I know that uh, there are plans to open places as soon as the fall, uh, and I encourage them. I think it's wonderful. I'm dying to get up on a real stage again, but uh, audiences are going to be hesitant to go back in person. And uh, just just the act of comedy, you're expelling hot air by speaking in the close quarters in a city where everyone's crammed in everywhere. So uh, I, I, I think we're going to stick with our Zoom shows in addition to whatever we can do in person once things begin to reopen. Yeah. I think... And just one more this, thing. Uh, yeah, go ahead. Yeah. Just, uh, you know, the four minutes, it does sound short. It feels short. Uh, I want to encourage you and anyone listening to check out Good One Comedy on YouTube. You can watch our last show, and uh, you'll oh, see cool. these four-minute sets. They go boom, 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 and 
and they just Give keep a- it going. So uh, get a, get an actual sense of what I'm talking about. Good one, comedy YouTube. Yeah, um, we've had some technical issues with that video. I, I should couch my uh, uh, statement there. The uh, all right, we're still learning this technology as we go, and uh, some people have had difficulties. So, if, if anyone or you, Brett, are listening and have issues logging in, message me. Message John Wisman on Facebook or Good One Comedy on Facebook, and uh, we'll make sure to take care of whatever restrictions YouTube has that we haven't figured out yet. <laughs> restrictions? What are you talking about? I don't know. Yet. Okay, so because there's cursing on the show, we have to mark it as 18-plus uh, video, and then if it's an 18-plus video, the, uh, the audience member has to physically log in and confirm that their Google account is 18-plus. It's uh, it has We've had some issues with it, so uh, we, we were still learning. It's all new to us too, and uh, we will. We're getting better as we go every day. Why not just make everyone work clean, John? Make everyone work clean. Come uh, on. Okay, uh, I'm with you. I myself is a clean <laughs> comic. I will encourage everyone I know to do clean comedy. But when you invite someone on your show, uh, I, I don't dictate to them what no, to I'm just do kidding. in their stage time. And. Uh, if I have an issue with their comedy or their vulgarity, their material, I wouldn't invite them in the first place. Uh, I'm just I, kidding. I, I you, Although you could, you no, could have a clean comedy show if you wanted to. I think, I think that's okay absolutely. as long as you're up front about and, uh, it. That would be very easy. In fact, the show was like 95% clean. I, 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 I'm not even recalling any inappropriate moments, just some offhand cursing here and there. No, like that's funny. every now and then someone will curse on this show here, and, and they're like, "Can I do that?" And I'm like, "Well, you just did. It's live, so it doesn't right. matter." Right, you can't undo. Nothing I can do. Working. It's fine. Yeah. You know, it's not a big deal. And my my general feel. I used to be more strict about it, but then I was just like, "Eh, whatever." I mean, I just yeah. there's so many podcasts, and generally they're not, you know, they're they're not PG. They're not PG. They're not even. I mean, I guess right. I don't even know if cursing makes it R, if or if it's PG thirteen. I don't know. I yeah, I, I don't know the rules either. Um, I, I just in general, um, you know, number one, I don't censor myself, and I wouldn't encourage anyone to censor themselves. But as a general philosophy, uh, as a comic, you want to perform, you want to get booked, and you're only gonna limit your opportunities by doing uh, uh, inappropriate, offensive, unclean material. Sure. And uh, I would discourage it, but it's a personal choice. We got a couple minutes left. Are you strictly sure. doing Corona jokes with your uh, with these online shows and online mics, or are you also doing non-Corona stuff? Yeah, absolutely not. I'm trying to do as little Corona material as possible. Uh, I think the shelf life of this Corona business uh, is as long as we're forced to stay inside. Uh, I, I understand that this is like uh, if you have a good bit on Corona, uh, it'll last past the pandemic. Uh, uh, the whole world is going through this. They're going to remember the time that this had to happen. Uh, but no, Corona jokes have a very limited shelf life, in my opinion. I, I immediately dump online any uh, Corona-based material. I I think uh, I'm using this time more than anything to focus on personal stories and my history in general. I'm kind of a autobiographic comic and like to share my stories because those are evergreen. The, no, 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 your experiences are yours forever. And uh, just 
help develop you and your personality uh, as you grow as a comedian. You don't think my hot take on Cuomo is going to be uh, relevant a couple months from now? Come on, John. Um, no, I don't. I hate to Great. <laughs> I, I want to encourage you to continue, but I'm being honest. No, it's um, fine. I think when people stop seeing Cuomo sign language interpreter on a daily basis, uh, it's, it's going to be less relevant. Okay. No, it wor- it'll work now. It's not a good fit. It, no, no, yeah. no, when it works, it'll work now, but it's not going to work when it's not the main thing. All right, yeah. so we got to wrap it up. Uh, you were great. I really appreciate you coming on. I appreciate you talking Ugh. about uh, the terribleness of the world. Tell everyone where to find you on the social medias. Good one, comedy. Uh, we're on Insta, Twitter, Facebook. John Listman on Facebook. JList86 on Instagram. And uh, that's it. I'm going to get a Twitter someday, but J-L-I-S-S-86 on Instagram is the main place to find me. All right, terrific. Uh, John, thank you so much. Uh, This has been Brett from the Bunker. We'll be back tomorrow at 11 a.m. Everyone, please stay safe. Such a pleasure, Brett. Thank you. Thank you.